Outside the Tank is not affiliated with Shark Tank. Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom. I'm Joe. And we're your co-hosts. <laughs> Krista, wow, what she's a, awesome. She is really great. This is great this person. is a fun. Yeah. This is a fun interview. It's a fun business. She's kind of a kick-ass, take no prisoners type entrepreneur. Love yeah, her. we love her. <laughs> she's great. Uh, so the business is glove sticks that she went into Shark Tank with. There's shoe sticks. There's stank sticks. Bunch of sticks. Yeah, and they're odor preventing sticks. So you put them in shoes. You put them in gloves. All kinds of different places. When she came into Shark Tank, she had done 506,000 of sales overall, 440,000 of which was last year. Wholesale, Amazon, retail wholesale, so a couple different places. And this was season nine, episode nine, November 5th, 2017. So some time has passed, and we're going to have a heck of an update. Did she get a deal? She did. Now, I, I will tell you that she was on QVC four times, and she was actually stalking Lori. That's that's how she, she described it. So Mr. Wonderful went out pretty quickly. Uh, he said he's just never going to agree on the valuation. Um, Alex Rodriguez had some concerns, but he was kind of lurking. Barb went out. She Barb was actually more interested in Krista as an entrepreneur than she was the product, which is a great compliment. And then... Uh, uh, Cuban was out. He he felt she was holding on to the business too tightly. That's how he described it. And then Lori made an offer and brought A Rod in, and a deal was done at one hundred and fifty thousand uh, for seventeen and a half percent. All right. Now this is a good interview. They're going to enjoy this. Yeah. All right. We enjoyed talking to her. So let's go to our interview with Krista, and then afterwards we'll do our post game chalk talk. Or we break down everything we learned from the awesome entrepreneur that we interviewed this week. All right, we are here with Krista, glove sticks and shoe sticks. Glove sticks and shoe sticks. Two brands in one. Yeah. <laughs> Krista. Actually, actually Stang Sticks now. I had to change the name, which is an interesting story. Oh, we'll I'm sorry. That. Give me that yeah. again. Stank Sticks. Stank sticks. Okay, wow. so so now it's so now it's one name for the various products. Yeah. So my company name is actually called Glove Sticks. Okay. But I have a Glove Sticks prop version and a Stank Sticks version. So I just have a different version now as well. Well, let's start at the beginning. And gosh, you know these are always fun because it's been you know, a couple of years since you were on the show. So there's probably a, a lot of updates and a, a lot of great stuff to talk about. But start at the beginning. Where did the idea for this come from? Um, so I don't know if you, you had kids who play sports or if you played sports, but my son 
was a travel lacrosse player and all summer we'd go to tournaments. He'd play game after game. We'd have to go to a hotel and his gear would literally stink up the entire hotel room. It would smelled like dead Buffalo. It was like death. It, it, it would literally linger from his lacrosse gloves throughout the entire house in the vents. Um, if we, if we kept the gear bag in the car, then the next morning we get in the car and the whole car would smell disgusting. But if we brought it in the hotel, then the whole hotel would smell disgusting. It was, it's a very common problem. Same with, um, carpool night, the, half the time I have to ride, drive down the road and literally hold the gear out the window cause it smelled so bad. So it was just definitely something I battled with him. Um, all through middle school. So as he was becoming a more avid lacrosse player and I started talking to more people about it, I realized everybody had that same problem. So what do you do with the gear? A, how do you clean it? They're big leather. If you know what lacrosse gloves are, they're big leather gloves. You can't just throw them in the wash. It ruins the fit and feel of the gloves. So my original idea was simply to solve the problem of the lacrosse glove. What I didn't know is that every sport, every glove sport, as well as shoes, cleats, and everyday shoes have the same exact problem. Arm pads, knee pads, helmets. The more I did as far as research, the more I realized how broad and how, how much stink was out there. <laughs> and, and I was like, holy crap, everyone has stink issues. Um, so I started researching why? What causes the odor? Why haven't these pharmaceutical companies who have millions and billions of dollars been able, able to solve this problem? Why does nothing work? Why are they all full of scents? And then as I was researching, I realized that the odor is actually caused from bacteria. So when these kids or adults, whoever, when you sweat into a, a tracks some you know the shoe or the glove or whatever when you sweat inside of it that moisture gets trapped inside your gear has nowhere to go and that gear breeds bacteria so that dead buffalo rotten cow smell is actually bacteria you make so it once sound so bad <laughs> it is bad <laughs> You know what? I can usually point out some stinky people, and I, I think I think some, you guys got some stinky feet. Yeah. Come on, let's Very be honest. <laughs> well, we're, we're dudes. Dudes don't smell good. <laughs> yeah. So I realize like it's such a common problem that everyone has. So when you sweat in your shoes, okay, or whatever it is, especially if you're an athlete, and then you take your gear after your practice or your workout at the gym, wherever, you throw it in a gear bag, that humid area, it just is literally a bacteria greeting, a breeding ground. It, it's so fast making bacteria babies and you can't get ahead of the odor. So that's why you go by this spray, this Febreze, whatever, I don't like to name names that say they fix it and then you spray it on there and then your gear ends up smelling worse because now you're just trying to cover that odor with some flavored scent and it doesn't actually work. So then the next time you use that gear, it's gonna smell again. My mom used to use Raid Insect Killer on my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, okay, there's so many like tricks and things on the market. It's funny that you say that um, because I had bought every product and then I started reading the bottles and I was like, um, wash hands immediately after use, uh, flammable, all these things. And then half of them didn't even have their ingredient list. So instantly I was like, none of this is actually safe to be putting on my son's gear that he puts his hand into those gloves. And now his pores are opening when he's playing and he's absorbing these toxins. So that's why I made my product uh, chemical free. Um, it's so there's no toxins, it's 100% safe. There's no crazy chemical scents. Um, so it will fight the bacteria naturally by inserting the sticks inside your gear it will work, do the work for you. So you just take the gear off, you insert the sticks and the plastic part of my sticks are antimicrobial. And I remember when I was doing research and I was like, antimicrobial, what is that? <laughs> like, I couldn't even pronounce that word. It's much more common now because of COVID, but six years ago, it was an unheard of word. But the, the there's silver ions that are antimicrobial. And when the at the factory, the silver is poured into the plastic when it's liquid, and then we form the molds, the glove sticks molds, with the antimicrobial silver ions in it. So those silver ions will inhibit 99.9% .9 of odor-causing bacteria growth in a 24-hour period. So you're a trained chemist. No, that's <laughs> the best part about me. You can do anything you want to do. I think that's the best part about being an entrepreneur. Google. Hello, we have the internet. There's nothing you can't there's figure a, there's out. There's a big lesson there if you're listening. Huge lesson. <laughs> yeah. I always, when people go, I don't know how to do something, I'm like, hello, all you have to do is Google it. Google it. Google it. Google it. There's answers everywhere. And, and that, I think, is um, the greatest part about being alive and running a business in 2021. So you arrived somehow at a prototype. I did uh social media and the internet how do i build how do i uh create a company how do i build a product how do i create a business no joke i had zero experience zero clue what i was doing i've never invented anything before i am not a serial entrepreneur i didn't even go to college so for me i've never even took a business class I literally sat and read on the internet and taught myself how to invent a product and how to create a business. I oh. took classes online. I watched YouTube videos. I joined all these entrepreneur groups and read, and I literally obsessed over it. And one of the things that I think people um, lose sight of, which is, your natural friend group on Facebook. How many friends do you guys have on Facebook? Uh, Joe has 12. Um, he's related to all of them though. Yeah, mm -hmm. so. cousins and uncles. No, but so that's, well, that's what I wanted to ask you. And I think this is, you're gonna, you're gonna say the answer, but cause you, you start this business and you did like a half a million dollars of sales out of nowhere pretty quickly. So what I think you're getting at is you just, posted things and shared things. Is that right? Yeah. So I actually have like a whole bunch of my posts saved from when I first started Glove Sticks. 
and it's like I spelled patent wrong. Anybody ever had to get a patent? I spelled it P-A-T-E-N-D. Oh, no joke. Anybody that. ever? And I literally would put anybody ever invent anything before? This is like to my my current Facebook friends. Hey, Krista, here, here's to everyone like me and you who barely graduated high school. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, where's our beer? Where's our beer? And then we cheers to that. It's, it's funny, Krista, all the all the snarky moms that were uh, in your in your school district probably were laughing at you because you couldn't spell patent and look at you now. <laughs> I mean, that was just six years ago I couldn't spell patent, so it's all good. <laughs> no, but I mean it's like, oh yeah, she's gonna, she's gonna she's gonna make it far with this business. And then next thing you know, they're uh, they're watching national television and you're on there pitching your idea. Exactly, because yeah. it doesn't you don't have to know how to spell patent. You just have to have the guts to be able to do it. And Damn you have right. to have the guts to be able to reach out and you can't be afraid. And I think that's what so many people do is they go, ooh, I'm gonna start something, but I'm not gonna tell anyone. Yeah. Or I'm well, why not use this free service that literally we have in our face every single day? Social media is free. In my own market, just, just as an example, in my own friend group on Facebook that I interact with generally, like, uh, uh, if not daily, every other day, less now because some of the stuff, I'm like, wow, this is like making me angry. Yeah, so totally. I step away, but it didn't used to be like that. It Facebook did not. was fun. Facebook was fun. But I interact with them regularly. So why not use those people and see if they have connections? It, see if they know people. I'm not afraid to say, hey, I tried it and it didn't work. I'm more afraid to say I never tried it. And I think that's super important. Like, why don't, I don't even know what half my friends do for a living. So I can post like, hey, you know, I'm looking for this. And then half my friends will say, oh, I do that for a living. I do that. And I'm like, why don't, how come I don't know that? <laughs> yeah, because we don't know because we're also self-involved or busy. <laughs> well, or or you're, you're at a soccer game and you don't want to talk about work. You just want to, you know, have a glass of wine and hang out and relax. Totally. So, totally. Yeah, I, I get it. So uh, I got I just, just so you know, before we go on to the next thing, this is super important. I could not have created glove sticks without social media, without Facebook without my friends on Facebook stepping up to help me free of charge, to guide me, to connect me with friends, because that's what it's all about. I could never have gone from A to Z without the help of the, the people in my current circle. Friends, family, hey, what can we do to help? Hey, let me connect you with this person, great. And you know what? I called every one person they connected, whether it was relatable or not. I picked up the phone. I called, hey, what do you know about this? Hey, what do you know about this? How can I get to the next point? And that's what six months after I started. So six months after I started, I was getting my products made. I was getting an official prototype. My husband made the first one in our garage. My son started testing it. So once I decided to do it and I knew that it worked and my son loved it, he was like, these are awesome. His friends started asking on the lacrosse team, where do I get these? Can your mom and dad make me one? Once that started happening in six months, I went from idea to official prototype 
And six months later, I had my first 1500 units delivered to my doorstep. So in one year, I went from idea to full-fledged business website ready to operate. And by the way, I had another job. Well, that's why I couldn't ask you. I, I, I mean, yeah. I figured you were busy with something and also you were, yeah. you were working at the time. Well, I have three kids yeah. and I, I've always worked full time. I've always been and had careers and I did this at nights on weekends while I was traveling. Um, when I was sitting in the carpool line, instead of like scrolling on Facebook, I would be researching or reading. I just used my time better. Um, when you're, I feel like when you're, when, when you have more time, you are, are less productive when I, this is my personality. When I'm in crunch time, when I'm in stress, I'm very extremely productive because it's like, boom, boom, the next thing. And this is what I have to get done by this date and by that date. Um, but that's how I work better under stress. So how did. How did Shark Tank change the business? What happened to sales? What happened to the product? You know, what what did that do to change the trajectory of your business? Uh, Shark Tank for me was amazing. Um, it's crazy that I was even, I, I never, when I first started this, I never would have thought that I was even capable, nor was I even interested in going on Shark Tank. I felt like even just, having a product in my hands to sell was like a huge victory for me. And then um, about eight months after my business was started, I did a pitch, a live pitch contest on the Today Show called The Next Big Thing. So I had to enter and try out and send video. And that was kind of like my first um, step into this side of things and pitching. I'd never pitched before. So that was like my trial run and I made it to the final round had to be live on the today show, never been on TV and practicing and preparing for that. And then pulling off the win, going to QVC selling live gave me so much confidence in who I was that that's what led me to Shark Tank. And you you were on QVC four times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, since I've, it's been about six now. Okay. And I've never, I, I had never done anything like that in my life. It's not like I had experienced being on TV or pitching or I, I never had a business like this before. So, but even, I, at, once, that, even at that, I think you made a uh, comment, Krista, uh, uh, that aired that you were, you were somewhat scared or even fighting the experience while you were being taped. Which yes. I thought was odd because I thought you were great. Yeah. No, I was scared to death. <laughs> I, I, no, you don't understand. Like, so scared. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you put sponges underneath my armpits, they would have been soaked. Like, I was so sweaty. What you didn't see, what you don't see behind the camera. And then we and had another to put in- glove sticks under your armpits. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> I should have, Um, but I was so scared and nervous, but I knew, I know in order to get the next level, you have to fight that fear. Yes. But I wasn't, I'm never afraid to be myself. And so the one thing I just wanted to do was to go out, show my personality, show who I was. So they would, you know, even though I didn't have as much business savvy as some other people that step in the tank all the time, 
I felt like they would really like who I was if I was just myself. So that's why I told them I'm scared right now, but I'm doing it anyway, because that's the reality. Anyone who goes in there and says, oh, this is no big deal is full of baloney because it is the most nerve wracking, hardest thing you, you'll ever do in your entire life. So what's going through your mind is you're walking uh, through those doors and then the 30 or 60 seconds that you had to stand there and wait before you could speak. Um, my heart, I could hear my heartbeat like beating out of my chest. And here's a crazy quick story. So um, the Gronkowskis, so you know they were on Shark Tank. We're speaking to him tomorrow, so yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so they were taped right before me. So I could hear them being taped. I could hear what was happening because I was like in makeup and where they make sure all your jewelry is, you know, there's nothing with any logos or anything like that on it. Um, and so I was going through that and I was pretty calm. I was really calm, pretty confident. The one thing that I do to create my confidence is to prepare, right? I feel like I prepared so much. I did my pitch in my sleep. I did my pitch after happy hour. We'd go have, my husband and I would go have beers and come home, I'd pitch buzzed. Like I would wake up in the morning and not have coffee and I'd pitch. I'd fall asleep on the couch at 11.30 at night. I'd wake up groggy, like on that walk up to bed and I'd be like, honey, I'm pitching. Like, this is what we did for six weeks every single day so that I, I had a cold. I remember having, you know, when you have a cold and you're a little foggy with cold medicine, I was like, I got to pitch now. I don't, I feel terrible. I got to pitch. And I felt like going into that situation that I was actually like, I can do this. I'm fairly confident. I got this down. I've been on TV before. I know, I know my pitch better than anyone that's ever stepped up through these doors. But then I heard the Gronkowskis. And the one thing they tell you with Shark Tank is enthusiasm, energy, enthusiasm. And I'm like, okay, I got that. I got that. But then I heard that. It's like five or six huge dudes playing yeah. some game and they're making deals. They're screaming. And I'm like, I have to go after that. <laughs> right. Talk about like instant insecurity. I'm like, how do I even compete with that? And I remember my producer came in to me and, and she saw me like physically shaking and she was like, what happened? What's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. How am I supposed to follow that? She was like, you're going to be amazing. And she, I remember she grabbed my shirt. She was like, block them out right now. Block that out right now. You got this. And it was like right here. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, like yeah. In the locker room before a game and you're ready yeah. to run through the tunnel. It's awesome. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was all psyched and ready to go. So I was again, like, okay, I'm ready. I can do this. And I just remember repeating like her words and my words as I was walking down that hallway, which was, you got this, you can do this. You're prepared. You're ready. You know, everything. Like you've studied, you've worked your ass off for this. Now is the time. Don't screw it up. Like, and, and people don't understand, Krista, how important that kind of self-talk is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't do half of what I do without it. Um, like, 
I think so often, but I'll be honest, like half the time I don't listen to podcasts or watch TV things because I'm so self-critical of myself. And then I'm like, maybe that will make me shy away from doing something and spreading my message or sharing my energy with people. So half the time I'll do a podcast and I'll start playing with it. You know, I'll start playing it. I'm like, ew, my voice is stupid. And <laughs> so then I just, I just turn it off because I'm like, I don't want that to scare me from the next time, right? To when I get opportunities like this to help other entrepreneurs or to share my message because my message is different than other entrepreneurs that you had on yesterday or you'll have tomorrow. I'm not Gronkowski. I'm just a mom from Ashburn, Virginia. <laughs> so our stories are gonna be a little bit different and it's good to know. I, I, I want people to know like, sometimes there is no, there are no rules in how to become an entrepreneur. There are no, this is what you must do in order to start your business. The only thing that you do is what works for you, right? Whether you get investors, whether you don't, whether you take a year or whether you take four years, whatever you feel in your gut is the right thing, it usually is. Well, there's no rules, but there's also no barriers. Right, agreed. Unless, unless it's, you know, in between your ears. I mean, there, there are no, if you want to start a business, you start a business. I mean, you, you used free resources, you used Google, you asked people, you posted things. Everyone is capable of doing that. But again, your self-talk, you know, gave you the opportunity, whereas some people, they just, for whatever reason, don't do it. So you aired November 5th, 2017. Yep. What has happened to the business since then? So it's been pretty amazing after I aired. Uh, it was, I'd say the first three or four weeks I aired, I did more business in those three or four weeks that I did the whole year before. So it was complete insanity. At the time I was fulfilling everything at my house. So I was still doing self-fulfillment. I turned my dining room into like a fulfillment station. And I remember like I had my kids, my kids, friends, people were, I hired everybody that holiday see anybody I could think of. Well, my kids work for free, but everybody else, like I would pay their friends to come over and stuff orders. And I would just print labels all day long. I sold out on Amazon like four times in four weeks and would have to keep shipping more orders there. Um, so that big boom, I, I noticed is very normal. After Shark Tank, a lot of people um, watch Shark Tank recorded. So it normally is not only that night, but it happens over a period of time over the next few weeks. Your boom keeps going. It keeps going and it keeps going. So after that, I was that was kind of expected from what I had done research wise that I would be super busy. What I was worried about was going into 2018. Okay, what do I do now? Right. So now that my boom is over, how do I keep this momentum going? So in doing so, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to say that in 2018, I had more sales than 2017. In 2019, I had more sales than 2018. Last year, I only was down 5% and I sell to athletes and sports were canceled. That's, yeah, so, that's surprising. That's not bad. I thought for, I didn't sell anything for like the first two months of COVID. So that all things considered. That must've freaked you out by the way. No, you have no idea. 
in June, I had my hand like this. I was sitting behind my computer and I was like, I have to fire everyone. <laughs> like, I don't know, but it's one of those things. It's not the first hurdle in running this business for five and a half years. Every year I have a different hurdle. And I just realized, I was like, okay, I had a defect. I had a trademark issue. I had a, this issue. I was like, okay, this is just another hurdle. How do I get around it? How do I fix this hurdle? And instead of going, oh, screw this, I'm not doing it anymore. I was like, you can, again, with the self-talk, you can do this, Krista. You've, every year you have a hurdle. This is a hurdle. Let's get through this hurdle. Um, so when COVID first started, admittedly, I was like, oh, like we all were, I'm sure. It was like, oh, three weeks to a cure. Yeah. And it was like, oh, stay home. So the first three weeks, like my husband and I made karaoke skits in the basement. Our whole family was quarantined. We played games every night. Like it was all a big joke. And then I was like, uh, this is not going away. Um, so that's when it kind of got serious for me. And I was like, all right, now what are you going to do? So I ended up reaching out to um, a bunch of places that had hit me up before that I wasn't um, interested in necessarily partnering with. And I ended up creating a bunch of business that way by partnering with these people that maybe, um, you know, they do special sale prices. It's one day sale. We're going to email and they give people special discounts. I never had to do that before. I always wanted to keep my margins higher. I'm not a big, like, I'm not a discount warehouse. There's no product on the market like mine. I, it's unique. It's something you can't find anywhere else. So I was like, you know, I'm, I, I've always been interested in taking advantage of that. Um, but this year I was like, you know, sometimes you gotta do things that you gotta do. But you know what I learned? I learned that I can do both. I can partner with these companies that do uh, discounted sales that have a, a newsletter membership as, and do retail, my retail, direct to consumer at the same time. And now I'm doubling my business. So the second half of 2020, that's what I ended up doing. That's scrappy. And that, and again, it probably caused you to think, you know, uh, is this the right thing to do? You know, will people I'm, I'm uh, selling uh, to in the e-commerce world see that? You know, there's probably some concerns and regrets there, but you're willing to take the risk. It just, I see you as very, very scrappy, which is so critical, such a critical element for a young startup. It is very critical and I hate to use trendy words. They're so annoying, but like the word pivot, sometimes it makes me want to like stab myself in the face, but honestly, cause I'm like, this is such a trendy word, but honestly, I'm like, that is the word when the, it's the perfect word, to, things like that happen and you have to be able to pivot if you're not capable of being scrappy or pivoting or changing your way, then that's what makes a lot of businesses fall in my, from my experience and from what I've seen, because they want to always do the same things all the time. And guess what? Things change. Society changed. I mean, Amazon changed the way the world shops for God's sakes, like things change and you have to be able to adapt with it. So I got to change with, with it and not be afraid. Crystal, let me ask you this. Where, where, where is this business in three to five years? 
Uh, everyone always asks that. Um, so oh, I well, don't want to be like oh, everyone else. Okay. Uh, next. No. Yeah, um, all right, okay, uh, Krista, okay, what's your most it. embarrassing moment of your entire okay. life? All right, hold on. Well, I could just make shit up and say, oh, we're going to be at eight. Well, that's what, that's what we do all day. That's what everyone does. It's yeah. like, like they're just making shit up. They don't know. Like, things change. That's, so that's, that, actually, that's actually what our government does. <laughs> yeah, everybody just makes it up. I don't know where I'm going to be in three to five years, hopefully bigger than I am now. <laughs> so, but, but sticking with the score, uh, core products, I mean, are there any new products on the horizon, anything... I do. So, yep. So I have my original glove sticks, which right before Shark Tank, I actually, um, I actually had a second product come out. So one of the things I started broadening as I started broadening my business from like lacrosse, hockey, soccer gloves, and people started using them in shoes. I then would get feedback for boots, ski boots, or riding boots, or UGG boots. And then I'd have moms like, Oh, I want to use them for my Ugg boots and I had to cut the handle. Well, I don't know if you've seen my product, but my product, the handle is like our signature yeah. mark because it's hand braided, it's cool looking, and I refuse to change that in the design process. Um, and it's not cheap. So when someone said, I cut the handle and put them in my boots, I would be like, oh, you know how much I pay for that handle? Um, so I made the second version to have a removable handle. So you can put them in shorter shoes, but in the winter, you can then take the handle off. It comes with two extra caps. You unscrew the handle, put the smaller caps on, and then it goes all the way down the boot. But then in the summertime, because people do like the handle to keep their shoes together, in the summertime or when you're using them back in smaller shoes, you just put the handle back on and then there you go. Um, so that was my second product. And then I'm currently testing it for, for my same type of customer. Um, I definitely am, I definitely go after the athlete more than just the everyday stinky feet user, but also in COVID, I went through like hundreds of reviews that customers had left and i realized i had a lot more everyday users than normal like i was like oh it's like 90 10 but it's really like 60 40 or 70 30. so i was like wait a minute why aren't i trying to attract those people um so that i did that in covid too so i started like changing my advertising to market to those people but it's interesting because this next product that i have that I'm currently testing. It's not anything like glove sticks or stink sticks. It does has the same theory, but it, it, I can't really say it because I'm not. No, I'm, no, we don't yeah. want to get you in trouble with yourself. So yeah. I just, I just want to know uh, if you have gag sticks. Gag sticks? Yeah, gag sticks. It's something I could shove into my partner's mouth when he starts oh, talking please. too much. Get out of here. You know what? The glove sticks are non-toxic and safe. So you can just use those and shove it in his mouth. <laughs> well, you know, if, if I wasn't speaking, our business would grow a lot slower. So 
oh. it would be in your best interest to let oh. me participate. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so last question for you. Do you have any other questions? I do not. Okay. I just, you know what? I just enjoy being the color man. I know. You're the play by play man. In our, in our actual meetings, in our real business, I don't get a word in. So that's why, that's why I created this podcast. So I could, I could participate around here. Last question, and, and you, by the way, we have we have all these notes. These are the things we do a little post game wrap up, and so there's, there's so many lessons. But as you look at your entrepreneurial journey, your story, what should the entrepreneurs that are listening to this learn from you? Oh wow, you got lots of notes there. Um, you've so said lots. You've said lots of smart things, <laughs> which is weird. Um, <laughs> self-effacing so you're she's, so, she's worse than us you you are I would <laughs> for you to be our third partner I you know. would fit in I do. <laughs> hey i'm game i'm game let's do it um i i would say like for me most entrepreneurs are natural risk takers and i would say socially i'm a natural risk taker but financially i am not meaning i'm a super tight wad. I hate to spend money. I was super scared about spending money to start my business. So when I went into glove sticks, I started with a small amount of my savings and I was like, okay, we're going to, my husband and I sat down and we were like, what are we going to budget? And what are we prepared to lose? Mm. Just in case this doesn't work, what are we going prepared to lose? Look at it like an investment, like you would a stock market investment or something like that. And I was going to say, look at like a weekend in Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. What you're flying to Vegas? What are we willing to lose? Okay, yeah. well, that's what we're going to take out of the uh, ATM. Exactly. <laughs> so for people who are nervous about finances, which there are people out there, like I also never took a loan from friends. I never did friends and family rounds. Um, my deal on Shark Tank didn't close as much as I wanted to go on a boat with A-Rod and J-Lo, which was my sole mission, whatever. As much, <laughs> I'm like, no, he's hot A and she's hot B. Okay, so let's just keep going. But I was like, okay, this that's not gonna close. So so many people are like, well, do a Kickstarter or do this. And I just didn't feel comfortable in the beginning taking other people's money when I wasn't really sure what I was doing. Uh, it would be hard enough for me to lose my money, much less everybody else's. So what I ended up doing was learning, teaching myself how to do so many things and then asking friends for help. And if I could give advice to entrepreneurs it's not always about how much money you have when you start a business. It's about what, how many questions you're willing to ask. How much help, will you help me? I literally would say, do you know this? Will you help me? And being able to acknowledge and humble yourself and say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to need help. Is anyone willing to help me? you would not believe how many people came out of the cracks and the woodwork to give me advice, to introduce me to people. People love helping people, especially underdogs, especially underdogs. When you're an underdog starting a business, everyone wants to cheer you on until 
you actually become successful. And then they want to knock you back down a few pegs, but that's normal, right? But in the beginning, you don't always have to reach out and have all these funds. You can teach her. I save so much money by teaching myself how to do stuff. I didn't have to hire all these people. So if someone just, if some, what you're saying is someone just either has the money, raises the money, borrows the money, and throws it at the problem, they don't learn even 10% of what you learn by having to uh, figure it out, asking for help, being open. Right. And I say this, I'm always like, okay, I, I, I may not do anything 100%, but I can do anything <laughs> in, that's related to my business. If I lose someone or have to let someone go, I can fill in until, because I've had to do everything in my business at least 70%. I'm not as good as an expert. Experts are always better. And there, you should have experts as your business grows because that's their job. But I had to do everything in the beginning. Instead of just hiring people, I had to learn how to do it. So at least I have a foundation of, okay, this is how you do this, this, and this. And then I can check their work or I can go on and, and, and check and see. I know how to read these reports and see how things are working. Um, and so for me, I'm like, I wish more people wouldn't be afraid to ask for help when they're starting a business, reach out. Can I tell you how many people I called and reached out to about Shark Tank? I would see that I'd watch an episode and I'd go, I think I really connect with that girl. I think that dude sounds awesome. I'd email their company and say, hey, uh, would you mind giving me some tips and pointers? I'm applying for Shark Tank, whatever it was. And 90% of them would email me back and they would sit on the phone with me for 20 minutes and say, do this. There's nothing. I didn't know them personally, but I just was like, what the heck? Let me reach out. Uh, like, how? why don't we do that? It's, I don't know. It's, it's a great question. It's a question in life. People don't ask for help. People don't reach out. People are afraid to pick up the phone, whatever it is. But you, you got to be you got to be a little fearless um, to, to do this type of work. And, and you certainly fit the profile so much. And I of think stuff people are afraid. Work. Yeah. And I think people are afraid to, to, to admit that they don't know something, which is such BS, because we all don't know things yeah. like there's so many things to learn. So why not just say, I don't know how to do it. Can someone help me? But I think what causes a lot of people to ask for help is admitting, I don't know how to do this. Um, so I have no problem saying I have no clue what I'm doing. And I think six years later, I'll be six years in June. I still say, I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm doing well, Because as you, as you grow and scale a business, there's a whole new set of problems and issues that you have to figure out. So it's not stop. Yeah. And now it's, now it's people, now it's vendors. Now there's all, all new problems. So last question for you, where can we, where's the best place for us to find the product? Um, and then how can we follow you on social media? Okay. So glove sticks, everything is under glove sticks, which is my flagship product. So that was also my company name, something I'm Glove and S T I X, correct? Yep. G L O V E S T I X is all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, and my website is glovesticks.com. So super easy. Now, when you started the business, did you think that's how you spelled sticks? Yes. <laughs> I didn't go to college, dude. 
He didn't either, and um, I barely paid attention yeah. in my classes. So, and you know what? Here's that you you were when you were talking earlier. Yeah, you know, something about googling and stuff. I mean, I didn't learn a damn thing in my business classes. I took all those classes. It didn't matter. You know, you start a business, you got to learn. This isn't textbook. This is real life stuff. So, you know, the people that think you need an education, it it just doesn't matter. And you know, it's just about putting in the time. And you know, it took you a year to get that prototype. But in that year, you learned enough to at least be dangerous. Yeah. And I learned, I built, I created confidence in myself by researching and studying and knowing that I, there was no other product like mine out there. And who were my future clients and how was I going to sell them? I didn't know that in the beginning. When I first went to my first ever class for Loudoun County, like how to start a business, the lady was like, well, do you have a business plan? Do you have that? So, uh, she, uh, and she was like, you won't be able to do this. You don't have this. And I'm like, uh, okay. like No, Marilyn, that's why I'm here right now. <laughs> right. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm out. I'm not believing her. I'm going to do this because I love when someone says you can't do this. And I go, oh yeah, watch me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it better than you. Yeah. So well, and, and, and Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I think another theme and lesson we can learn from you is that knowledge is power. Oh, I have, I, oh my God. First of all, I have like a million like self post-it notes that sit below my computer, like create your confidence. Um, oopsie. Excuses are like assholes. Everybody has them, but they're always shitty. That's my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah. Because I think people make excuses, right? So they're like, oh, no, I went to college. I didn't go to college. I've never taken a class. I can't do. No, that's just an excuse. You can do whatever you want to do. If you put your mind to that and you decide, I'm going to do this. And I'm whatever comes up, it's not an excuse to fail, right? It, it's an excuse to jump over another hurdle or to fix a problem. Like, so <laughs> I always, I always look at that every single day. And another one I have is knowledge is power because I prepared, I preparing is so important. And you, I honestly feel under stressful situations, you never rise to the occasion. You always fall back on your preparedness. So that's how I felt in the shark tank when they're all talking at the same time and they're literally chirping at you. And Mark Cuban goes out and he was my the one I really wanted. And I was like, Oh God, no. But Barbara was calling me a perfectionist. And so I'm trying to defend myself when Mark's asking business questions. And then Mark goes out and I'm going, what is going on? I don't even know what's happening in here. Um, it's those moments that you have fall back to your preparation. Right. And I had to refocus and go, okay, this is getting out of hand. Let's recenter myself. And you can do this, Krista, you know, this information you are, you're going to do amazing. Like you, but if I wasn't prepared, then I would never be able to give myself that self-talk and I would never have recovered. And if you watch my episode, um, it's like high, low, high. Right. And it's very exciting actually. Um, but I wouldn't have been able to recover if I did not prepare so much. So that's super important. This was great. Yeah, you have a lot of heart. And it, and it takes heart to be an entrepreneur. You, you know, it takes knowledge, you gotta be scrappy, but you have a big heart. And I hope that comes through to everyone listening. Yeah. Thank you. Just don't say, oh, you're so sweet. 
you're not no, sweet. I'm you're not. you're scrappy. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. I'm like, no. No, you're not. You're a badass is what you are. That's what I want. That's what I want to hear. Thank you. Hey, I have that note too. It says you are a badass right behind my monitor. (laughs) I bet she does. I have this one. Have conviction and desire to prove people wrong, even if it's just that voice in your head. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. This was awesome. All right, you have a great one. So many good lessons in this one. This yeah. was this was a great conversation. I have more, even more notes than usual. So, uh, Crystal was just a uh, ball of energy yeah. and, and wisdom, and there's just so much great stuff here. You go first. What do you have? Uh, I have three things that that I want to pull out for this. And and first is she had zero fear of doing the ask. This is a person I would have in my prime of sales management leadership. I would have loved to have her on my team. (laughs) She would have been a star. She's not afraid to ask. And, you know, there's so many folks that that do fear the ask, the close, the the call to action. Uh, And what's the worst thing that can happen when you you hear no? When you hear no or I can't make a decision today, and that's okay. My, My thing was how fast can we get to that? Yeah. How fast can we get to that objection or that no or that stall so we can at least deal with it? So this person, Krista, not afraid to ask, and I love that. Second thing is she she's reluctant to just throw money at problems. And we see this happen an awful lot in business. We see people that you know are bootstrapping it and have some uh, capital to spend, or they've raised some money even worse. And they throw money at problems versus really uh, being thoughtful about the the possible solutions. So she defaults to, let me think through this first, uh, versus throwing money at it. I think that's a great lesson for early stage entrepreneurs because you can burn through your runway pretty quickly. Yep. And third is uh, that she made it very clear that she does, she does Krista. Krista is Krista. Um, you got to be yourself. Uh, And we hear this from time to time. It's another one of those recurring themes that, uh, you know, you you have to go with your strengths. Joe's going to be Joe. Tom's going to be Tom. uh, Krista's going to be Krista. And I think it's a great, great lesson to to bring forward and keep in the forefront. Be yourself. Do yourself. um, Don't change. Uh, be genuine. You know, and people like genuine people. People like warts and flaws, and we have a lot of them. We try to not overproduce these podcasts because we just want you, you know, we, we don't overscript them, we don't overproduce them. You're reading off a teleprompter right now. <laughs> we try not to script. Okay, can you hear the script? The, no, we're not reading. The point is, we've got a few stupid notes. I mean, I'm old school, so I've got the, the yellow pad, but you know, we believe that people respond very well when you are genuine. When you are genuine, yeah. so we we try well, to stay there. It, you know, and that's the thing is there there is no right way or wrong way to be an entrepreneur. I mean, there are so many different styles out there, and it's you got to embrace who you are. And you know, authenticity is just good in life. But even for entrepreneurship, you got to find your style because there's different ways of doing this. There's people that work 100 hours a week. There's other people that, you know, their workday ends at a certain time and they flip into family mode. There's um, certain people that, you know, have their hands in every aspect of the business. There's other people that, you know, 
really focus on one area. I mean, there's just so many different ways to do this. There's people that sleep four hours a night. There's other people that sleep 12 hours a night. I mean, there's, you know, you, you, you read enough stuff yeah. about successful entrepreneurs and you kind of just see everything. And then it begins to contradict each other. It's like, well, you know, Steve Jobs did this. Well, but Elon Musk does this. Well, Jeff Bezos does. I mean, okay. At the end of the day, you realize, all right, well, I need to find what works for me. Yeah. And I think that's an important lesson. Um, you know. Should, By the way, I go yes. to I go to bed about the time this guy wakes up, and it should be the reverse. <laughs> I go to bed early. Uh, you can find anything you need on Google as an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's free. It's out there. It's easy. It's so true. I, I, why people make excuses? Well, I don't know how to do this, or I, I couldn't find. I mean, you can find anything on Google. You just what do you need to know about running a business? need to know about profit margins in your industry, Google it. It's right there. I mean, there, there's nothing that isn't out there for free, like when you need some information. Mm. Um, you know, she never took a business class, didn't matter. Uh, heavily relied on her network and using Facebook. And she said, I couldn't have built this without social media. Mm. So she just used social media her advantage, which was great. Um, a lot of positive self-talk, which is great. Um, you know, what are you willing to lose? I mean, she just really embraced risk, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and she was willing to pivot and willing to learn and willing to listen. And I think that's so important. So um, just a good old fashioned bootstrapper that, you know, wasn't a, oh, I studied business at Harvard and I'm going to go raise a billion dollars and start a <laughs> business. I mean, it was just, well, I just figuring this shit out as I go. Yeah. And I, and she's great. So uh, awesome entrepreneur, uh, fun little business that she's she's continuing to grow and scale. You know, we're pulling for her. We really like her uh, and we really enjoyed the conversation. This is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, we uh, we do something with Growth 10 that you may have some interest in. We put entrepreneurs in small groups to work on each other's business. So we help entrepreneurs find tribes of like-minded people so they could bring their, their issues, their challenges, their problems their opportunities or upcoming decisions to get a lot of great feedback and input. We also help really seasoned entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that may be closer to the sunset than the sunrise. We help them build mastermind groups and peer advisory groups. So that's what Growth 10 is. Uh, if you're interested in chatting with us, Joe at Growth 10, the number 10.com, Tom at Growth 10.com. Love to chat with you. Yeah, so if you're closer to the sunrise, then join a group. If you're closer to sunset, then start, <laughs> start a, group. a group. Share your gifts and, and be well compensated for it. All right. Well, another fun episode. And uh, as always, we appreciate your support. Tell your friends. And uh, we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of Outside, of Outside the, the Tank. tank.